Welcome to Pharmacy View, Technology and Pharmacy Business Podcast Series, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within the Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In each podcast, we look to discuss aspects of pharmacy operation and how technology is improving or interacting with each guest's current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Scott Carpenter, and today's guest is sponsored by Shopfront Solutions, leading the way in digital marketing and communications providing a cloud-based platform for pharmacies to manage all of their digital messaging and print-based collateral. For more information on the Shopfront Solutions digital platform, simply go to the website at shopfrontsolutions.com.au. I'm talking today with pharmacist Simon Reynolds, Managing Director and Co-Founder of Australia's largest independent pharmacy group, Pharmacy Alliance. Welcome, Simon. Thank you, Scott. Good to be here. Uh, likewise. And now, look, you and I, I guess, have been associated for a few years now uh, through our pharmacy connections. Um, and I, I guess, know a bit of your story. But for anyone listening today that doesn't know you, uh, who is Simon Reynolds? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we have had a good association, Scott. And um, you look, um, I guess my history is, um, you know, son of a pharmacist, so second generation pharmacist, uh, born and bred down in Albany in Western Australia, very proud of the, the place that I come from and, um, and what I learned, I guess, um, growing up in a household with, um, with a pharmacist as a dad and very much uh, spent a lot of time after school and on weekends, um, mum worked in the shop, so uh, we sort of very much was a family, family affair. Uh, spending a lot of time growing up in in and around pharmacy and and you know hearing all things pharmacy and um, I guess from that um, grew a, a passion for um, for independent pharmacy ownership and then eventually going and becoming a pharmacist myself and studying pharmacy and then getting into into business ownership where Dad and I were in partnership and we had five pharmacies between us so we had okay. um, yeah a few down in Albany and then um, and then. A couple in in Perth as well, um, and from them was the beginnings of Pharmacy Alliance. Yeah, and and I think a little interesting link there, which uh, you and I may have discussed once, was that uh, in my days with Terry White, I didn't realise this until later on, was that uh, I, one of my first um, pharmacy conversions in WA when I started with Terry White at the time was actually your uh, pharmacy in um, Perth, and I've just Whitfords, is that right? Yes, it was Whitfords. Whitford, yeah, yeah so right. uh, so even though we hadn't met each other at that stage, there was a connection from that perspective. So uh, yes. and uh, so obviously, uh, yeah. Albany's still um, home and where the heart is? Absolutely, yeah. Country and, and rural, you know, rural Australia or country country Australia um, is a real real passion of mine. I think as a pharmacist, you can certainly get more entrenched in the community and be a more integral part of the healthcare um, system um, as opposed to the, the larger cities. From that perspective, yeah. So, um, Simon, one of the reasons I was really keen to chat with you, and I, I really do appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy um, pharmacist and business manager, but um, my history with Pharmacy Alliance was that the uh, the whole group started on the premise of a technology platform. Uh, that was that was how it evolved, wasn't it? Yeah. Look, it, it, the business did start back in two thousand and two, uh, and it was built around um, around a technology platform. Um, even in the very beginning, where we're running a centralised IT. Um, the stores are running a centralised point of sale system and, and very much controlling stock, controlling pricing, controlling margin. And then I think from that really developed our, our next evolution, which was around 2008, where we, we went and built uh, a generic matrix. So we called it the Pagan Program, Pharmacy Alliance Generic Matrix. 
and we looked at what was best practice in, in terms of looking at each molecule and then and then putting them back into an into an automatic ordering system um, to enable the pharmacists or the pharmacy owners to, to order that stock um, in the easiest easiest possible way and maximise the then store price to maximise their dispensary gross profit. Yeah, and, and I think what's been interesting, and again, my little bit of association with WA, there's there's been a few um, uh, cutting-edge technology platforms come out of WA, because I think Minfos came out of WA originally as well, didn't it? Yeah, the old Ferris Riley system. Correct. They say cowboys from the West, but I, but I, I think it's more entrepreneurialism. <laughs> actually, I, I, you're right. I hadn't heard that term for some time, but you're actually right. That was the way it was described. But uh, And I guess the good thing there is that, so again, this the, the Pagan platform evolved in, in uh, WA with, with a group of members, which then, I guess, just grew or evolved over time. Yeah, I think it was, well, it probably really started to differentiate what we're doing. So I guess by... You know, looking at that dispensary in its entirety and looking at ways to, to maximise the, the money that a pharmacist can earn from their dispensary, because it is confusing, it is difficult to sort of know that you're getting the best possible deal across, you know, the total portfolio of molecules. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'd, we'd expand on the East Coast and, um, you know, our trading terms were great and our deals with the, with the OTC suppliers were good, but I think the generics really put us on the map um, and really enabled us to then taking the group to the next level. Yeah, and, and as you said, it, it was, I guess, combining um, all of those business metrics into a platform that at least gave the, the pharmacist, busy pharmacist um, business owner, some, some really um, you know, quick dashboard reporting that said you were either on track and you were maximising your dispensing or, or there was room for improvement because at the end of the day... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, whilst it's about patient care, you've also got to run very successful businesses. So um, from that perspective, so, so Pagam in its current form, does it look significantly different today than what it did originally or is it still pretty as as it was designed oh it's always evolving and i think um, there's always different factors that are that are at play and and i guess it's, it's a constantly evolving market but in terms of the i guess the systems and the processes and the technology that sits behind that it's it's about just trying to continually make it as easy as possible because price is one thing but then there's no point having the best possible price if you can't get the stock yeah and then you can't um you know, or you're ordering the wrong stock uh, because you might have a locum in for the day, and then they, you know, so having it technology enabled and having having it almost foolproof mm -hmm. um, for the operators um, is is one way to also make sure the margin is banked. And I guess Scott, that that's sort of where we're evolving to in terms of um, our II program, so the inventory intelligence program, which is the next evolution of Pagam, which actually enables the, the the pharmacy owners not to have to pay for the stock. Um, until they point a dispense. Okay. Um, and it also enables um, guaranteed stock on shelf, so to minimise those out-of-stocks, which, as we know, has been a massive factor, um, particularly during COVID and over the last couple of years with molecules um, not being accessible. Um, so having a greater stock weight in the store, um, being able to have the stock to dispense at the right price and then not pay for it until you've actually... Um, actually dispensed it. Dispensed it. Okay, and, and, and that's that's live now or prototype now or? Yeah, yeah, that is live now. And that, that's something we've partnered with Aratex okay. on. Okay. Um, part of their technology platform that we're using. Uh, it also enables the stores to be more compliant to the program, which once again enables bigger rebates. Oh, absolutely. Uh, look, the, Simon, the, the, the benefit alone in, as you've said, having the stock in the dispensary shelves or in the robot and you're not effectively invoiced for it 
until the, mm. the day you dispense it. So, so at the end of each day, there's a reconciliation that says these products were dispensed today and, and you'll now get an invoice through Sigma systems? That's correct, yeah. So it's all through Sigma. Yeah, okay. Um, so supply chain operates very similar. Um, however, just have those other benefits. Yeah. So, um, again, this, this might be a question on the spot, and I do have apologise for it, but, again, stock weight, um, is there an algorithm around the stock weight that a pharmacy should be carrying on the basis that, uh, you know, you obviously yeah. don't want to have a whole lot of stock in a, in a dispensary or a dispensary robot that's not turning over with date code yeah. potential problems? Absolutely. That's all run through the matrix, run through the, the analyse the data, look at the, the stock turns, look at how much stock they're using, build in some, some buffers for some redundancy if that's the case. Um, and once again, the, the supplier's taking the risk on that. Zaratec's taking the risk on that. If there's too much stock, then there'll be a balance up after a period of time and the stock will be moved around, but not at the not at the penalty of the, of the business. Of the business. So, yeah, so, so potentially then, again, I'm just going to say this back from an operations point of view, the the Aratex territory managers would then oversee the stock in each of the pharmacies. Um, yep. And if there, if there was a date coding or, or an overstock problem, they, they would then move or arrange to have that stock moved around Absolutely. To, to other locations. Absolutely. But mate, that's, uh, I, I know uh, from a few years ago that was uh, in, in discussion and, uh, and conceptual, but to actually hear today that that's live, that's excellent. So, uh, that's live. It's going to over 50 of the Pharmacy Alliance uh, managed stores. Yes. And, and the results have been yeah, overwhelmingly positive from a cash flow, <laughs> but also um, yeah. a compliance as well. Yeah. Which is well, 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 again, on the on the basis, you know, there's always a hesitation, particularly um, you know, from the fifteenth of the month onwards, to to not necessarily carry too much stock um, and yeah. maximise your, your beginning of the month orders. So effectively, that that removes that whole scenario because effectively the stock's there. You're going to be invoiced. On the day that you dispense it, which I've which I've heard, and, and yeah, and removes that need for panic buying yeah. as well, with you know, molecules potentially going out of stock and missing out on discounts, and which has been a major challenge. Wow, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's really good, and a good, I think what's caught me by surprise was I said I, I I knew that you were working on it from that perspective, but I didn't realise that it was actually live. So is is this the first time you've spoken about this publicly, or uh, have I have I got a scoop here, or is this out in the public now? <laughs> I think this is a uh, Scott Carpenter scoop. Excellent. We haven't really been shouting it from the rooftops. Um, there has been, and I think mainly because it, it has been sitting in the background for, for quite some time now. Yeah. And, you know, there has been a, you know, there's been some, a lot of trial and error and, and obviously, you know, fine tuning in the system to make sure that we get it right. And that's why we always trial things in our managed stores first and stores that I'm involved in. So my stores tend to be the guinea pigs. Yes. Um, happy to be, mm -hmm. happy to be. And, uh, and then we put into the managed stores and then, then it goes to the membership once we know that you know, the problems have been lined out. From that perspective, so so that's obviously on the um, the Aratex product range at the moment. Do you uh, see that expanding at any time in the near future to to other suppliers, front of shop? Yeah, look, I, I oh well, front of shops are whole another beast. Yeah, as you know, so, yeah, yeah. Look, I think at this stage we're just gonna, you know, it is a closed system. Yep. Um, you do need support from the manufacturer to the wholesale to the, the pharmacy operator. So. At this stage, it's um, just designed for the for the Aratex portfolio, potentially Chemone. Yep. Um, so into the into the front of shop lines around some of you know their products. Um, but at that stage, that would be that would be as far as we we'd push it. Push it from that perspective. Well, in this in this generation anyway. So no, that's cool. And yeah. no, that's really good. So uh, what else is happening in uh, in Pharmacy Alliance at the moment? 
Look, I guess COVID for us has, has been a, um, a really interesting period. Um, you know, we've, we've found that there's been a lot of lot of winners. Um, certainly, the way that populations being pushed back out into the suburbs and back out into the regions that certainly our stores are benefiting from that volume growth. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing um, more footfall, increased basket size, uh, increased product range and increased sales. So a uh, majority of our stores have really benefited from that, which has been fantastic, and it's now hanging on to those customers. But the other thing that it's really shown us is we need to be better at our, our tech. We need to have better technology enablers. So, you know, for an independent pharmacy group, it's 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 difficult at times for us to look at investment around technology and say, well, how do we how do we look at econ, for example? And um, and so a couple of initiatives that we've launched. Um, one is through our partners at Medmate, okay. um, which is an e e shopping cart um, starts with the with the patient's journey going to the doctor with an e prescription, and then they can then patient can then choose to then designate that e-prescription to their local pharmacy in their local area. Mm -hmm. So having a geographical footprint of sort of over 750 stores, you know, we can then fit that bill and the, the, the customer that can then choose their local pharmacy line store to go and get that prescription either filled in store they can go pick it up or it can get delivered yep. to their home, as well as um, Storby. Um, so a, a website-based company which will, will build a bespoke website at a very, very, very low cost for an independent pharmacy operator which just gives them that extra channel to market. So it's becoming, you know, just that increased channel. And, and I think with, you know, the larger groups um, being able to invest in their tech and having a, a bigger e-com, it's sort of, once again, it's an independent solution to combat that. From that perspective. Yeah, look, um, certainly if there's a, um, a theme coming through most of the technology podcast recordings that I do in the pharmacy arena, it's, it's which platform do you go with? Um, it, it's almost like there's um, there's so many thrown at you every day. Everyone's um, that wants something done. Everything that that requires an action or activity. It seems like there's a different platform. And I know that's life from our perspective. But I guess how do you guys go about check, uh, you know, choosing the right one for you? Yeah, look, it's it's very much um, looking at the ethos of the business, which is you know we're an independent pharmacy group, and we've got to look at it from the independent pharmacy owners and work out. And the benefit, I guess, of having um, myself and other independent pharmacy owners in the group is that you're looking at what's the best possible solution that's, you know, and it's not a one-size-fits-all. No. So that's why we've gone down the MedMate and the Storby approach because it's, it is definitely not a one-size-fits-all. And then we've got the Branded Stores Alliance Pharmacy, which need a different solution. So very much tailoring things, uh, very much looking at um, what suits that independent pharmacy owner may not suit the next independent pharmacy owner. Um, and I think one thing that would that used to annoy me um, when I was in the pharmacies working was that, you know, you, you would have this one-size-fits-all and, and and for your particular store, it just wouldn't suit. Yeah. So we'll go through a process around that and then we'll we'll trial the, you know, various trial and errors. I guess our management team and our team in Pharmacy Alliance have been with us a long time. A lot of, a lot of the guys have been, and girls have been with us over 10 years, so... We very much understand what independent pharmacy requires. Yeah, no, I understand that. So uh, you were talking yeah. a bit before about the um, community pharmacies and obviously the, the whole uh, national vaccination program has you know, potentially been a, a great um, uh, driver to pharmacies. What platform have you been using for that? Yeah, look, we predominantly use MedAdvisor in terms of the booking systems. So we're really driving, driving that hard and, and, and using the existing existing system that the store has in place. 
um, we find, you know, between MetaVisor and even with MedMate, they sort of integrating as well, which is fantastic. Um, the, the COVID vaccine's obviously been um, a major focus. Um, we're supporting the stores where we can through training programs and, and SOPs and, and different procedures. Once again, just being able to provide independent pharmacy owners with the solutions they need. Yes. Um, and, and once again, being that ethos of better together. Um, so really trying to use our collective scale um, to provide those solutions. From, from that perspective. And, and, and mm. you said, I, I like the fact, and again, I obviously was aware of this anyway, that you know anything that uh, you think might um, might work for the independent arena, you actually then trial in your own pharmacies, as, as you've said, and uh, it, it, almost to the point, if it, if it doesn't um, pass the Simon Reynolds test, it's never going to get anywhere, is it? <laughs> yeah, we've, got some, we've got some harsh critics in here. <laughs> From, from that perspective, so, yeah, and and look, uh, you know, I think that the obvious statement here is that you, you're an independent pharmacy group, so it doesn't matter what you try and do as a group. There's going to be someone that doesn't necessarily like the way it is, or they're going to they're going to yeah. like specific parts of it. But but again, um, on on the basis that 750 um, pharmacy members, independent pharmacy members plus, then you're obviously doing a whole lot of things right, which is great from that perspective. Absolutely. So. Uh, yeah. So Simon, no, you, you've uh, been around pharmacy for a few years, and you've got a few more years to, to come. What what else do you see happening in the industry from a technology perspective in the future, or where do you see the the potential future uh, options are? Yeah, look, I, I'm sort of seeing obviously the aggregation play within pharmacy at the moment is um, we've been spoken about for a number of years, and we're really seeing to start to see the industry consolidate um, at a higher level. Yes, which. You know, is a real positive, I think, for independent pharmacy because that collective mass enables more money to then be reinvested back into independent pharmacy and the industry as a whole. Yes. Um, technology is critical to ensure the profitability of our businesses moving forward. Without that, you know, the government's going to look for continuous savings, PBS reforms, but now they're going to look for the next bucket of savings. And, and I believe that technology is going to be the driver of that. Yeah. So whether it's in-store technology through, you know, your robots and your point of dispense and, and making your people, your, t your teams in the pharmacies more efficient um, to get more out of them. Yeah. Um, but also at a head office level, what can we provide from a technology point of view? And I still get frustrated, very frustrated with the way that um, our, our positive dispense systems operate. I think there's, there's greater opportunity to aggregate that and, and operate better head office solutions. Yeah. There's a lot of wasted time at a store level um, with data entry, price controlling margin and pricing. Um, we're, we're, we're way behind in other retail organisations. And you know, this is a non-technology person speaking, but it, it shouldn't be that difficult. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't think anyone's got it right, Scott, yeah. um, from, a, from a POS dispense point of view. And, um, you know, we're going to continually work with our POS vendors, um, which we have a relationship uh, with Corum and also with Zed, yes. and we're going to continue to work with them and continue to, I guess, um, yeah, just to, you know, look at different tech and, and there's some really clever tech coming out that, um, you know, enables that investment to be amortised across the whole group and we can then deliver that benefit. Right through from that perspective, yeah. Look, I um, I recorded a podcast. It was the last one I um, released with uh, a pharmacist, uh, well, American Australian pharmacist Michael Alexander. For anyone that um, hasn't had a chance to watch it, and and we talk a little bit about the difference between Australian pharmacy and the US, and 
one of the things that's certainly happened in the US is that there's been significant consolidation of brands and groups um, into, you know, huge uh, organisations um, now, which which would then drive that efficiency that you're talking about. Um, I think that one of the things that I've has always intrigued me um, from my, uh, I guess, retail background coming into pharmacy too many years ago now was the fact that... Um, the independent arena that is pharmacy is its greatest asset, but it can also be its greatest nemesis because it takes so long to actually get things happening. Um, on the other side of things, as you've already described with your Pagan program, is that you know, every good um, technology platform that seems to hit pharmacy has come out of someone's pharmacy somewhere that they've they've implemented um, and done that. And I guess that's one of the things that I, I still kind of find intriguing is that, you know, I would from my arena, I would see, you know, a new platform being launched into pharmacy every week at the moment because I guess I'm watching for it from that perspective. And it's a case of then, you know, how do you select, how do you pick, how do you how do you work from that perspective as well? But and again it sounds like you've got a good model going there. And then also Scott, I guess it's the data piece as well. Yeah. So we've, we've got all this tech, we've got all this data coming in and then what do we do with the data? How do we you know, how do we use that data to, you know, benefit ultimately the the knowledge around the consumer? Um, to able to, I guess, get the right products, the right range, look at different trends, and then make sure that we're prepared for those. From that perspective, yeah. And look, this has come through uh, again a number of the podcasts and the discussions I've had is that I, I, I maybe have this utopian view of pharmacy, um, and I may see it in in my lifetime. But effectively, what I what I'm envisaging, and, and the technology is there now. It's just that we're not ready for it. Is that, you know, when I walk into a pharmacy, the the technology recognises me as your customer. You know, I'm I'm on your database. There's facial recognition, and again, I know there's a whole lot of private and privacy you know, issues around this, but but I, I've seen a lot of those barriers come down the last eighteen months. But effectively, you know, I'm recognised as I enter your your business. Um, uh, as I'm walking to my usual purchase history, because again, you've got this information potentially anyway, particularly if I'm a loyalty customer, you know, there's a series of digital messaging happening on my journey there um, that's almost customised to the fact that I'm in and, and where I am in the pharmacy. And do, do you share this belief at some point in time or am I uh, uh, you know, left of centre on this? Interesting, uh, interesting when you, you sort of mentioned that one of the other technology things that we're, that, we're, that I'm looking at sort of personally involved in is, is the geo mapping. Yes. Actually, putting up geofencing and, and then collecting that data, not just of the, the customers coming into the pharmacy, but you can map, you know, a demographic or a suburb or a shopping centre yep. and actually then gather that data legally to then yes. use that and then look at, you know, look at who your customer is. I mean, the data's um, all there and then just make sure we're talking to the right customers, sending the right message at the right time. Uh, I think we'll all be very surprised. We think we know who our customer is, but really... If you're in the four walls every day, you only know who's walking into the store. Yeah, from that perspective. Who's out there that we're not communicating with. Yeah. Um, again, a question, I guess, without notice. Do you, do you see the fast transition away from paper-based catalogues to more social media type marketing is happening, is real, is, will take some time? Yeah, yeah I think um, paper's with, paper is with us for a long time. Yep. Uh, yeah, I... Look, it's definitely evolving. Once again, the COVID's just pushed that online e-com even further along. Yes. However, you know, go out to your letterbox every day and it's, it's full and full of brochures. So we, um, yeah, we're still using paper-based as, as well as digital. Um, there obviously will be a, a greater shift towards digital. However, we're still seeing um, good results with, with the paper-based catalogue and I think paper is... Um, it's going to be with us for a little bit longer. Longer from that perspective. Yeah, and, and again, certainly from my perspective, again, I'm... 
I guess the way my brain is wired these days, and, and it's got too many years of knowledge in it as well, but um, uh, I think paper will still be around for some time because suppliers want to see, suppliers who, you know, I guess in part fund advertising, want to see something tangible. And at this point in time, social media advertising, as we know it, um, in the pharmacy possibly doesn't exist to the same effect that uh, an Instagram influencer could could be. So uh, maybe there's an opportunity there for you, Simon. Uh, we, we've done some uh, BVOD um, media recently above the line with um, with a couple of our supplier partners, Aritex and, and GSK. And you know, interestingly, the, the, the data that was coming through that in terms of was around our alliance, pharmacy branding stores, branded stores and healthcare heroes. And the, the data was actually really, really positive okay. um, in terms of yeah, monitoring that, seeing the sales uplifting those products that were advertised, and and video on demand is um, is an emerging area and, and something that we'll be continuing to to spend money on in that area. From that perspective, so so yeah. so just to clarify that, so effectively, when you've you've run some social media product marketing, you've seen uplift um, through the through the pharmacies. Yeah, which sort of highlights you've got to play in every channel. Yeah. So, you know, back to back to the earlier point around MedMate and Storby and from an independent pharmacy owner, sure, you're not you you may never gonna get rich from a from an independent e com website, but it's a channel to market and it's a channel that you have to play in. Um, like you used to have fax orders. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to do deliveries, like you've um, you know, all the channels and I think all those sales are incremental and and they all add up to create a successful business. From that perspective, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we're coming to the end of our time, which has been great to chat. Was there any other points on your list that we wanted to chat about before we wrap up? No, not at all, Scott. I think looking forward to the future, looking forward to uh, where the next, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years of independent pharmacy ownership is going to go, and um, it will continue to be a, to evolve and it will continue to be an exciting uh, industry. Absolutely. So um, thanks very much for your time. I'll include um, in the show notes a uh, link to the Pharmacy Alliance website, which is a, a great way to get in contact with you guys, and also your uh, LinkedIn profile if anyone wanted to kind of touch base on a one-on-one -on -one perspective. So uh, thank you very, very much for your time. It's been great to chat today. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to staying in contact uh, from that perspective as well. You're very welcome, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Pharmacy View is a technology-focused podcast provided by Melbourne-based business Arian Technologies and Shopfront Solutions. Over the podcast series, our guests include pharmacists, retail managers, wholesalers, suppliers, and industry technology partners. If you would like further information on our podcast series or to participate in one of our episodes, feel free to send me a message or touch base through the Pharmacy View website, pharmacyview.com.au. 